the Pillars of Health podcast with strength coach John Carroll, coming to you from the Movement Lab in Raleigh, North Carolina. We're about to dive into everything you need to know when it comes to strength and conditioning, nutrition, sleep, and stress management. Check us out on movementlabrally.com and coachjohncarroll.com. And now your host, John Carroll. Very excited to talk to Mark Hernandez today on the Pleasure Health Podcast. Welcome to the podcast, Mark. Hi, John. Uh, it's great to be with you and your listeners. Awesome, awesome. So before we, we delve into getting to know you a little bit, Mark, and what you do, let's, uh, let's get the icebreaker question going. And uh, I'm just going to ask you, what or who has been a great influence on shaping your professional career and how? Yeah. So I think the greatest influence are two things. First, curi- curiosity about the world. And second, openness to lifelong learning. And those two are interconnected. Uh, Growing up, I grew up in Texas. And uh, my family, I come from a family of teachers, healers, and doctors. Uh, My parents were first generation to go to college. I'm fourth generation Mexican-American. And in the 40s and 50s, it wasn't common for uh, working class Mexican-Americans to go to college. Mm -hmm. So from an early age, my parents instilled uh, in us the importance of education, working hard, and getting an education. That kind of opened up this whole curiosity about the world and lifelong learning, which has served me well throughout my life. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I love that answer because that's that's two things I try to abide by as well. And, uh, you know, lifelong learning is just one of those quests that I feel we all have to keep open. And there's never a point where it's like, all right, I pretty much know everything. I'm good now, you know? Absolutely. Because whatever people are doing, uh, you know, health or law, teaching, everything's changing very quickly and yes. you've got to stay current. Yes, exactly. Especially today, right? Where I feel like we take leaps and bounds every week as compared to maybe, you know, decades ago, it wasn't that quick, but today we're definitely moving at a faster pace. Very accelerated pace. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. All right, Mark, we want to just get you to fill uh, fill the listeners in on a little bit about yourself, your background. Yeah. Just your, your path to become a holistic practitioner. Yeah. Well, so this journey on becoming a holistic practi- practitioner, the most recent iteration started in 2007. At the time, I was uh, teaching and working at colleges and universities here in the United States. I have a P- PhD in Hispanic studies, so I was teaching at the college level. And what I noticed at that time is there were some uh, unusual things repeating in my professional life that just made no logical sense. You know, I mm-hmm. kind of banged my head, looked at things. So what did I do? I picked up the phone and called my brother. Uh, this brother is a doctor of integrative medicine. So he's a Western trained medical doctor, but does much more. So I told him what was going on. And he suggested that I work with an energy healer in New Mexico. This is 2007. And in 2007, I was living and working in Boston. So I uh, worked with the energy healer, two sessions over two months, an hour each. And like I like to say, the proverbial frozen needle on the dial started to move. Right. Not everything changed overnight, but mm. it got my attention. So with that, waited a little couple more years. I was stubborn, but I called my brother back and said, hey, I want to learn that energy thing because we all come in this lifetime with baseline abilities to do energy healing, energy work. So he suggested I start training with some certain people. So since then, I've done trainings, certifications, and that's what I'm doing whole, full time now. Awesome. Yeah, so you're you're trained uh, under Dr. Bradley Nelson's The Emotion Code and Body Code, is that correct? Yeah, as far as certified modalities, uh, Emotion Code, Body Code, 
Body Code, and also Advanced Ash Work by Rudy Hunter. Okay, okay, awesome. So yeah, you kind of you kind of work with uh, obviously people, but also pets as well, right? Absolutely, yeah. So um, real quick story about how it come about came about working with pets. When I was doing my Motion Code certification in 2012, I was living and working in Taipei. And anyway, uh, as part of the practicum for getting certified, it required that we work with a minimum of 25 people and five pets, okay? okay. I don't speak Mandarin Chinese, I didn't mm -hmm. then, still don't. So I, I kind of hit the wall looking for volunteer clients to talk to this crazy Westerner when I work. <laughs> anyway, so what happened, I was stuck for two months. A local Taiwanese friend called me and said, on a Saturday, you wanna go ice skating? I said, ice skating, I'm horrible, I haven't been in 25 years. Mm -hmm. Some said, go, so I went. On the way to the ice skating rink, we passed these, we see the, all these cats in a, a window. I said, what is this? And it said, the Catsel, Cat Hotel. I said, hmm, what's this? Rang the bell, the owner let us in. I, I explained to the owner uh, what I was up to, certification. Could she refer me to an English-speaking expat animal shelter? Okay. okay. Turned out she was very interested in what I was doing. She had friends that was interested. On the spot, she said, you know what? You can do all your sessions at the Cat Hotel. I'll book all your sessions, and I'll be your translator. I went, what? Okay. I went from stuck to working with over 25 animals. Right. And a three-week period, and that's how they became an integral part of my practice. Wow, wow. Well, I feel um, it's definitely super relevant to today because a lot of people want to have that, you know, ability to understand what their pet is going through and also understand their energy when it comes to just what's going on with them because a lot of times it's just dismissed as, oh, it's, it's a pet, you know, they'll be fine or whatever. But I feel like we're making ground as to understanding what exactly different things mean there. Yeah, and I think the most important takeaway about that with you know relationship between people and animals, mm -hmm. often the, the pets will take on the energies that are going on in a household. Yeah. So if there's a work workplace stress, a lot of fighting in a relationship, the, or even illness, okay, physical illness, the pets often will take that on trying to help out the humans and then they get out of whack. Yeah. So often people will bring me their pets, they'll say my pet da 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 da, well, it turns out a lot of the energies are tracking back to the people. So I said, you know, if you're open to it, I think you could use some help too. You'll help yourself and your pet. Very interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, because we we've seen the, you know the videos on social media of someone maybe the owner who's sick and the dog just or cat you know could be a different different animal, but they usually stay by that person's side or they're also very concerned. They know what's going on. Like they're not totally oblivious to that, right? Oh, absolutely, and also. So uh, let's say if, if the, it's the time for the owner to transition, the pack wouldn't go pass away, the animals often feel grief. And I always see that, I often see that too with animals when, you know, there's a group of animals in a household and one passes, mm -hmm. the other animals often grieve yeah. and uh, have broken hearts. I've just recently worked with some pets in right. that situation. Yeah, <clears throat> my wife and myself, we have two dogs and one is very old, uh, bo both rescues, and one is like, you know, pushing 15 years old and the other yeah. one's four. And we, we definitely do worry about what's going to happen when the older one passes, you know, because they definitely get used to each other and they rely on each other, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so yeah, I mean, uh, like I said, just uh, about a week ago, a, another healer called me, uh, had two cats, one 19 and one 17. So, you know, had a very good lives. Mm -hmm. uh, the 19-year-old passed, but the 17-year-old cat was by the side, like for the last two months, basically. And, and she knew intuitively that the, the other the surviving cat was grieving. She was too distraught to work with her own cat. So I worked with the cat. And yeah, the cat had a broken heart. 
It had some PTSD from witnessing the passing of the cat. Mm-hmm. So we worked on it. It's better. There's probably another piece, but the body, both people and animals release whatever they're ready for at any given time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's, uh, that's definitely something I think is, is pretty cool and, and something that is, uh, definitely needed and just developing our understanding of animals is always a good step forward. So, um, yeah. Can you kind of go into also like how you help people who perhaps have hit that wall when it comes to health and well-being issues as well? Sure. So an example with people, a common reason people come to me, an issue of starting point would be low energy. Okay. Mm -hmm. My first question to them is, have you seen your medical doctors? Get all your tests run, thyroid, blood work, adrenals, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Often the results will come back and uh, you know, doctors will say, your results aren't perfect, but, but we really can't account for why you're so tired, okay? So after people have done their due diligence, you know, know where they stand medically, what I'll do is I'll look at the energetic blueprint and see what's locking a place there, low energy issue, right. okay? The two most common reasons people have any issue, low energy or something else, two main reasons, emotional baggage, unprocessed negative emotions, anger, grief, resentment, love unreceived. Recently, you know, a couple weeks ago, 20 years ago, you can also inherit emotions when you come into this world. Mm-hmm. Those are factors that all that can be identified and released energetically. Okay. The other second biggest factor are, is toxicity cell phone radiation, Wi-Fi, uh, medications, uh, mercury fillings or mercury from vaccines. Those are often frequent factors locking in place. So the way it works, they come to me, I ask them to rate it. They're, you know, zero means no issue, like no low energy, perfect energy. 10 is low energy to the max. If they're seeing me, it's usually eight or higher. Right. So what I do is I tune into them, see that they're energetically testable, spines aligned, they're properly hydrated. I test on myself, I'm a remote healer, so I can work with anyone in the world. And uh, the last thing I do is I ask help from above, God, source, creator. I'm very clear, the changes come from above, I'm here to facilitate, hold the space, and allow what's meant to show up. So the way it works, I ask the body, reason for low energy, emotion, grief, five years ago, oh, it feels like maybe uh, your aunt passed away, oh, it was my grandmother, I was very close. Yes, you're holding that energy, so with that, I'll release from the body Mm -hmm. through intention. I keep on going until the body will say either we're completely done with the issue or done for today. So I'll ask them if they had low energy and they were at level nine, just say, you know, just feel into your heart space, space, feel into your body. Same or different. Often they'll say, oh, I feel a little bit lighter in the chest or I can breathe easier, you know, and it's going to be different. So someone may be level nine to start, maybe goes to five. I had a I've had to go to zero too. So everyone will be different. Yeah. Yeah. Two things really stick out to me there that you mentioned regards uh, toxicity. Yeah. I, I'd done a uh, podcast with a, my dentist that I used to have in Boston, Dr. Mayer, and he, he was very big on, you know, identifying uh, toxicity via mercury fillings, just like you mentioned, and, and the, the, the negative impact they have on people that we may not even comprehend, right? Oh, yeah. A lot of, a lot of dental issues come up in my sessions energetically. So uh, sometimes, like, um, again, you know, I'm not a dentist, don't offer dentist advice, sure. but I'll often see that take me to a certain tooth. I use these dental relationship charts, which are from Chinese, traditional Chinese medicine. Each one of your tooth teeth is connected to an area of your body. Okay, So if maybe someone had a tooth extracted 20 years ago. It's very common, even the best dentist. Sometimes there's a little piece of something left behind, 
and it can cause a low-grade infection over mm -hmm. time. So your body's constantly, you know, warding off that infection. Right. But also root canals, again, everyone do your own research, arrive at your own conclusions. But my personal opinion and what I see is usually they're pretty toxic to the body and cause a lot of harm. Right, right. Yeah, that's, uh, that's definitely one of the topics that's under discussion, I feel, socially a lot more now is just like certain dental routines that in the past we've kind of taken for granted, like this is what we do. But the, the long-term effect to the body and, and obviously the overall connectivity of the body is something we're starting to take a little bit more consideration towards. Yeah, I think there's greater awareness of the interconnectedness of everything. Mm -hmm. and that's, I think, one of the beauties of energy medicine is in the energy world, anything can cause anything. I never know what's causing someone's low energy for that person till I enter the field and the body tells me what's going on with that person. And it could very well be different from another for another person. Yeah. And one thing I've thought about before, but now that you bring it up, you know, I, it's definitely one thing I, I'd look into deeper is, is just Wi-Fi and Wi-Fi signals um, because they're everywhere. You know, everybody has Wi-Fi in their home and work. And, and I'm wondering, okay, is this, is this harming us in any way? Yes. Categorically. Yes. Okay. Especially the, you know, um, the 5G, you know, in mm -hmm. Europe, like in Belgium, some some countries are stopping it. I'm glad there, you know, there's kind of some grassroots movements. It's like basically um, radiating your body. I I'm like, for example, I'm sensitive energies, but not like any little change affects me. What happened to me? I live in a building in Chicago, and they installed smart meters too. Okay, are you familiar with the smart meter? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so there's I've lived in a six unit building. Anyway, uh, I actually was waking up in the morning between the smart meters and my local cable company gave me an quote unquote upgraded router where my fingers were burning at night. Mm. Okay. And I had to, I changed my bedroom and I got this kit from this guy in Australia that is basically mitigated. So I had to do new things to mitigate. So going back to, yeah, the Wi-Fi is very toxic, especially for those parents listening to the podcast. Mm -hmm. Uh, please consider if you're, you know, don't always give your one-year-old the iPhone or the uh, iPad because also, especially for younger kids, you know, that are ultra-wired, even like junior high, high school, right. that devices, that's going straight, uh, you know, into their field. And especially if they're younger, their brains aren't developed. It's it's affecting them. Yes, yes. And that's, that's something we, we've definitely echoed on the podcast is like we're definitely the generation where – we are basically being used as guinea pigs to see the long-term effects of these electronic devices because there has been no study or you know use of these on mankind or human beings before. So we're literally going to see 20, 30 years from now what's really going on. Yeah, and uh, just just on that, some things uh, listeners can do. They can buy some you know from a you know trusted you know store uh, some shungite s h u n g i t e. Mm -hmm. That's very good for mitigating the effects of. EMFs and Wi-Fi, and also uh, there are a lot of healer people that I know that come out with their own MP3s that are infused with frequencies to mitigate the effects of the Wi-Fi, the 5G. Okay, and what exactly is the the Shungite? Yeah, so it's a stone that comes primarily, uh, I think it's definitely from Russia, I think Siberia. Okay, it's a black stone that is just has very strong properties to mitigate the effects of negative energies, especially EMFs, Wi-Fi, and 5G. Okay, okay, cool, cool, good to know, good to know. Now, when it comes to definitely the non-invasive uh, techniques that you imply to help people, um, 
Or can you kind of describe maybe some of those that you use? Obviously, you don't have to go into every single technique or anything like that, but just kind of an example. Yeah. So, like I said, we, we mentioned the emotion code and the body code. Mm-hmm. Those are all uh, holistic healing systems that are non-invasive. So if I'm doing like an in-person consultation at a, like a holistic fair, uh, I don't need to touch anything. I'm just – we're seated across, seated across from the table, and I'm reading the energy field. Okay. okay? So that's definitely non-invasive. Also, if I do most of my, 95% of my consultations by phone or video technology. Mm-hmm. So obviously, you know, that's non-invasive. I'm just working with the energy fields. So um, yeah, those are a couple examples. Okay, okay. Yeah, it's, um, it's like you kind of preface at the, at the beginning of the podcast, you know, blood tests can tell us so much, and especially when it comes to doctors who basically have between five and perhaps 15 minutes with every person they see uh-huh. um, yep. there there's underlying causes there so if you're showing up a blood test there are normal and obviously there's deeper research you can do as to what exactly is normal or optimal for that person when it comes to the blood test but also the energy impact that you talk about is something that needs a little bit more consideration as well because it's like this whole entire system uh, that we need to take into consideration in order to to know what's fully going on with us Absolutely. And again, in my world, it's both ends. So it's not, you know, throughout Western medicine, only do alternative. But when you meld them together to take the different pieces of data, one one pluses of energy medicine is we're reading the field. So it doesn't mean it's always shown up on the physical body. But in energy medicine, the idea is that things start out in the energetic blueprint. And over time, can then manifest on the physical body, body as you know pain or dis-ease, right. you know, body's breaking down. So I always tell everyone, it's very important to do daily energy maintenance, energy hygiene, kind of like brushing your teeth, flossing your teeth. Right. We all need to do it. A lot of people will come to my session and say, oh, I never need to worry about my right shoulder again. I said, no, you're you know energetic being. Mm-hmm. You know, you're definitely good for now, but you need to practice energy maintenance. So that's something I, I help all my clients with. Yeah. And, and you know, obviously we, we talked about the electronic devices we have access to 24-7, 365 now. Yeah. And have you seen, you know, obviously it's hard to say because we have, there's no actual study on this or whatever, but right. have you seen an increase in just like the inability to, for people to switch off energetically and, and kind of, you know, be able to relax and clear their mind? Yeah, I, I think that's, you know, a challenge because we're used to, you know, we hear the you know buzzard going off on our, our, our iPhone or I, I was just thinking this morning, even if people are exercising, often they're multitasking by mm-hmm. listening to music. It's rare that people are completely, totally present with just one activity. Right. So, uh, yeah, I think it is challenging for people. And uh, there's no doubt, you know, there's all, there are studies or preliminary studies showing that, you know, uh, people can have addictions to technology. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And that's, yeah, what you what you brought up there is like, how often do you see people just in one activity or like just throwing themselves into into a concentrated mode on whatever it is they, they, they want to work on as opposed to checking your phone, you know, every couple of minutes or being at, being at the mercy of the notifications too. Yep, the, the, the badge, the you know, buzzer going off, whatever you call it, You're yeah. Right. It's uh, it really is a strange phenomenon that we that have made a, a normal part of our lives. But it'll be interesting to see moving forward where that goes. Yeah, for sure.
Cool. The the people in Pets Energetics definitely sparked my interest because, like we kind of mentioned before, it's uh, it's definitely an area where I feel like pets in the U.S. but also the world, uh, we are starting to understand a little bit more on how to understand obviously our pets and what exactly is going on with them. Now, when people come to you, what what is like some of the common themes they they want to work on with their pet? Yeah. So the most common reasons they bring me their pets are, I call them changes in behavior. For example, they have a dog, the dog's been trained where to go to the bathroom, and then starts going all over the house. Mm -hmm. So what I'll first question to the pet parent, I'll say, have you taken your pet to the vet? Now get it checked out, make sure there's no infection, et cetera. Okay, results come back, nope. All right, let's see what's going on with the energetic blueprint. So that's one common thing is the peeing and pooing. The other common thing, I see a lot of a separation anxiety with the pets. Mm-hmm. And other things, behaviors like, uh, I call it excessive barking. I've worked with some, some people that are tra- have transitioned from a house to maybe assisted living center, and they can have their pet, but the pet, it's a huge adjustment for the pet. So sometimes the pet is barking all the time, and they tell them, if you don't do something about that barking, you have to get rid of your dog. Right. So there's usually something at stake along those lines. Those are the most common things. And then the other things is after, as I said, they've taken the pet to the vet, they know where they stand and know where they stand. And uh, maybe there's a cat. I worked with a cat one time with an intestinal blockage. They said it would cost uh, $2,500 for surgery. The owner said, I'd love to do it, but I don't have that money. Right. So, well, if you're willing to play, I can't guarantee you an outcome. But if you're willing to play, let's see what we can do energetically. In that specific case, the cat went from you know, on its way out, not eating to drinking to the end of, in a couple of days after the session to being fully recovered. Wow. Wow. That's impressive. Yeah. Because I've heard stories, multiple stories of just like what you mentioned there regards a, a pet becomes ill and the traditional vet route may not be able to pick up what's going on there. So having an option as to what else could be possibly affecting the pet is huge because very close to our pets and we definitely don't want to lose them. So I definitely think what, you, what you're doing is, is uh, hugely beneficial to pet owners. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Enjoy it. The areas that, that obviously we just mentioned regards that need the most work with, with owners and pets, have you come across perhaps examples of owners who are negatively impacting pets and have not really understood that they are the reason perhaps where their, their pet is not optimal? Yeah. Let me tell you a, a story. I was at a holistic fair in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, here in the Midwest. And this younger woman, probably in her early 30s, came and, you know, she didn't have the cat because they didn't allow pets in. But she said, I want you to work with my cat has digestive issues. And each one of those, so I was working with the cat energetically remotely, each one of the issues tracked back to her. And I said, as I told her, I said, you know, I think it's very clear that your pet is a taking on your stuff mm-hmm. and she started crying right. she said i said so are you open if you're open to getting some work you'll help yourself and you'll help your pet yeah so i don't, often don't think people are deliberately being negative to the pet you know even if they don't mean it but they have a lot of baggage usually the pets will take it on yeah and you know for people who perhaps are looking to improve their relationship with their pet, you know, always check out with your vet first what exactly could be going on there. But yeah, any advice for people perhaps that uh, things they can be on the lookout for or just certain behaviors that they can start improving? Yeah, well, first of all, just things to look out. You know your pet very well. 
you know, pet parents know. Mm. So they know when there's a change in behavior. They just notice little things like change in demeanor, not eating as much, just a little bit lower energy. Sometimes they're very subtle, but the pet parents know their pets very well. So um, I would say be on the lookout for those things. And just kind of uh, going back to something we mentioned earlier, just be present with your pet. Don't be multitasking doing 10 things. Yeah, Your pets here are here. You, everyone has a sole contract to have a specific pet. There are no accidents. Right. So people, uh, pets come into your life to teach you valuable lessons, sometimes lessons you don't want to learn. Right. <laughs> but they'll, uh, they'll bring them to you along those lines. So there's a lot of you know great books on animal communication, but one in particular I recommend is by a woman named Danielle, D-A-N-I-E-L-L-E, Danielle McKinnon, M-A-C, capital K-I-N-N-O-N, Danielle McKinnon. Okay. She has a great book called Animal Lessons, Discovering Discovering Your Spiritual Connections with Animals from 2017, Re- readily available online. Uh, and she teaches you like how to better communicate with your animals and learn what are your pets trying to tell you with these behaviors. Mm-hmm. You know, so someone that's willing to do a little bit of a deeper dive, you're gonna get a lot of valuable information from this book. That would, yeah, that, that'd be awesome in relation to improving and understanding what's going on with your pet, for sure. Yeah, at a deeper level, yes. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I know that, you know, when it comes to the dogs, I had, I had a cat growing up too, and you know, I've always had a connection with pets, and I've got to say, you know, obviously as I've gotten older, I've had a better understanding of what's going on with my pets, and it definitely makes sense for me because I've changed my, my routine a little bit recently where I'll make a dedicated effort to spend just one-on-one time with, with yes. both our dogs, right? Because yes. I feel I feel like we, we get caught up in just the hustle and bustle of everyday life, and, and they kind of get ignored. A- absolutely, and, you know, that's understandable, uh I have a sister who lives in Austin. She has two dogs, a cat, guineas, and chickens. And she realized with her two dogs, they were sisters. And, you know, they brought her a lot of life lessons. And she realized that uh, she had to spend, like, dedicated time with each one, not two at the same time. Right, right. Uh, yeah. like- they, uh, and they definitely have their own personalities, you know. And, yeah. and just getting to know those and their little quirks here and there can definitely help, obviously, build a relationship between owner and pet. Yeah, well, sometimes, you know, as I'm wrapping up, people will ask me more like animal communication questions. They go like, does my dog uh, like the food? I go, let me ask. <laughs> uh, no. What I said, it feels like, did you change brands recently? She goes, yeah. I'll say, yeah, like two weeks ago, uh, your dog doesn't like the new food. Wow. It's like it's additives. Yeah. And I'll say, yeah, try it out. You know, don't, you know, experiment. And so usually the dogs are, as they're there, they'll give the owner some indicator that, yeah, that's what I want. Yeah, yeah, they're they're definitely letting us know in certain ways. We just have to pick it up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Be yeah. open to be present. I think that's the key. Be present to pick up on those messages. Yes, yes. I think that's great advice. Great advice. Cool, Mark. Listen, this was hugely beneficial to me, and I'm sure to to our listeners because any any way we can strive to improve our relationship with our pets is a, is a good day, in my opinion. So I appreciate you coming on the podcast today. Yeah, great. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, and can you go ahead and just fill all our listeners in on where they can find you online and on social media, all that good stuff? Yeah, you can find me at my website. My business is People and Pets, that's plural, People and Pets Energetics, E-N-E-R-G-I-T-I-C-S. So 
So if you go to your favorite search, search engine, put in people and pets energetics, it'll take you to my website, peopleandpetsenergetics.com. And also on Facebook, my business page is People and Pets Energetics. Awesome. I will uh, put those in the show notes with a link so everybody can find them pretty readily. And uh, yeah, that'll be great. So thanks again, Mark, to our listeners. Thanks for checking out the Pros and Health Podcast. Leave us a quick review on iTunes if you can. And we'll catch you next week on the pod. Thank you.